0: Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have Leslie Tram-Lee coming on. She is a developer, a broker owner here in Austin, and she invests in retail, office, industrial, and flex space here in the Austin area. And she's going to tell us all about how those sectors of the commercial real estate market are doing right now and what she's seeing work really well. Hey, Leslie, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Jordan. Thank you for having me on the your podcast. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah.
0: Yeah, great to have you on here. I know Chloe Kwan had connected us uh, probably about a year ago, and we were just never able to make it line up. But I'm really glad that we could make it happen here today.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Times uh, just just need to need to get it down and get to <laughs> to the schedule and get the meeting set up. That's a, that's the hope. So yeah. I'll go make sure that it's on the calendar. When it's on the calendar, I make it happen. If <laughs> yeah. it's not on the calendar, sometime I'll be like, just make sure you put it on my calendar. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know you're I know you're busy and I'm glad we can finally get it on the calendar here. So, Leslie, before we get too far into it, most important question that I ask here on the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast: what is your favorite restaurant in Austin?
1: Okay. You know, I don't, any foods are good foods, uh, depend on ethnicity. So if you ask me, is it more seafood or is it more, you know, I have reference for different type of food, Uh, but one pops out from my head right now, to be honest with you, Uh, we actually had lunch over there yesterday. It's called sixteen a- eighteen Asian fusion.
0: Mm, yeah, so you got go
1: to give to a try. of Riverside, have you tried that before? Yeah,
0: it's great. We loved it. We've actually been twice.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah. That's a that would be right now. I would say it's a great central locations. I think everybody can get to it. You get a variety of different sampler of different uh, different food. A little bit of Thai. A little, you know. Mainly uh, Vietnamese, with a little bit of Thai and a little bit of uh, Chinese too. You got the soup dump. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's up awesome too. So,
0: really good. Yeah. Love 1618 Asian Fusion. So, yeah. you know, Leslie, can can you just kind of go? I know I had a broad overview of what you do, but you do so much. Could you kind of just go over who you are and how you're involved in real estate investing here in Austin?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, just a little bit about me, I've been in the real estate um, for a little bit over, you know, um, I was an investor when I was 25, 26, starting oh. with my, you know, fourplexes and, you know, a single family house and whatnot. And so I was a, as a real estate investor and um, about 10, 18, eight years ago, uh, I decided to go full time after I sold my last business. And got into the, uh, got my license, got into the real estate room, tried the residential again. And it's, at the time, I was like, it's kind of tough to get into the residential and you have to, um, I'm not very good with the, put it this way, um, you know, if the color is not right and you you hear the client complain about, oh, this is not pinging up for me. So I'm just like, okay, I don't think this is going to work for me. So I, I literally moved out of the residential side and I love the commercial side of it because when um, when I was um, in between, I own multiple businesses and I negotiate a lot of leases for uh, myself. And then so I figure, you know what, maybe I can do tenant rep, rep- um, and so I start in the commercial space being, you know, representing, you know, restaurant's owner, nail salons oh. uh, and, um, you know, medical clinics and things like that, you know, like multiple tenants. And then so because of that, I got introduced to a lot. Into, I'm very familiar with the retail space as a tenant's uh, representative. Negotiating the lease, make sure the lease structure to fit the tenants, the criteria, the van hood, the (laughs) you know the all naya right, the grease traps and all that for the tenants, Um, and then. Uh, I moved into the uh, landlord representations after that. Um, you know, since I did the tenants, I end up you know working on the landlord side. And after working on the landlord side, I got a chance to representing some of my clients. You know, buying investment property, and then from the investment property, then land throwing at us, right? You know, and then from land, then I learned the development side. So I took some development courses got a team together, so I start developing. So for the past eight, nine years, that transition from a tenant representation, landlord representation, investment sale, now I do development from ground up development. Um, so what we developing is um, you know office retail kind of flex space and industrial space as well. So the so what I mean by that is you know traditional retail space uh, cater a lot more for high high volume traffic clientele. Uh, let's just say a restaurant, a dining, you're going to need a lot of parking. Uh, a, um, a, a a a you know um, a, a martial art, you're going to need a lot of parking because you know a lot of high traffic. What I develop, I develop, develop on a, on a, a land and, and on a space that for more for creative um, businesses let's just say a, a photographer, you oh, wow. know? Uh, yeah. Photographers, this time when you book a studio, you only have a, two or three, you know, clients in there and, you know, or one person with their assistant. And then, so you should do the photo shoot. And then some of the creative space now we have like, um, like a physical therapist in there. We have, um, a movie studio that they're doing, you know, shooting special effects and things like that. So it's got to where you don't, you're using the same zoning as the retail zoning, but mm-hmm. more on the inline uh, property uh, uh, land, inline instead of the front. And then you I make it become a, a more of a creative uh, business part uh, in a way. And then some of them has like a like a little showroom where you have a roll up door and you can you know bring the car in and, you know, do a little showroom or bike the show and things like that. Or an art gallery as well. So oh. I'm getting out of the retail with a lot of restaurants, high traffic, mm-hmm. going into more like creative uh, space, um, you know, that we develop. And it's about, you know, roughly about, you know, between. 1200 square foot to 1500 square foot, or you have an opportunity to connect two or three unit together, make it three to five thousand square foot. So it's more on a smaller space for small businesses that that I'm you know catered to.
0: Okay, yeah. and is that any specific? So it sounds like you know you started representing the tenants, and then you learned the landlord side, and I'm sure that helps a lot when you're developing these properties too. You have all the knowledge of who's going to use it and what what that might look like.
1: Absolutely. So, yep. Mm-hmm. That's already. why we develop the property. I'm sorry, but when we develop the property, we put the tenant in mind. What criteria are they looking for? Basically, yep. it's for the function. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. It's like, this is what I wanted. Create something. And then now you put, give it back to the, the, put it on the market. That's that's exactly what they need already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah or, so you- or very close to what they need already. They just make minor adjustment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like when they made the iPhone, it said, hey, it's not what what's already out there and what what's going to be the next iteration of that. You said, well, let's think about what they might want or what right. they might need. And then you're going to put them first and build that space for them. So that's really cool. It's like, if you build it, they will come. So are these any, any specific areas of Austin? Is, is this popular? Is this just anywhere? Hey, guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys.
1: Just anywhere. Um, The reason uh, for that is because um, most of the time, you know, uh, on the, um, on the, uh, creative flex space sometimes, you know, I, I'm very mindful with the user and the um, the, the the owner, because mm. these are condos, so we sell them. So oh, I'm very okay,
0: them. Yeah.
1: yeah, so you get an opportunity to own it as well. Mm. You buy it and then you, you, you know, similar to buying a house, you live in there or you operate in there. And then eventually you have, you pay your own rent technically. Mm-hmm. And then later on you sell them, you'll capitalize on it. Um, and so I'm very mindful on the price point to make sure that it's fit the small business owner aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so uh, the area that I I intend not to be inside of Austin in general oh, because the okay. price cost is a lot higher than mm-hmm. comparing to the, you know, right now I have a project in Pflugerville. I have a project in Buda, so, You know, we're about to break ground. Uh, we have a we have a potential project in uh, Cedar Park. Um, we are having one potentially in Elgin. We're working on Manor right now. Some more cater to the surrounding area versus yeah. inside of you know the Austin um,
0: area. That- that makes sense, too, because I would say those areas are growing faster than Austin, too, because there's more space for development. and There's just more opportunity to, for growth in those specific areas that you just mentioned, too, where people are saying, hey, I, I don't really want to pay $600,000 for a starter home in Austin. I'm going to go mm-hmm. to Buda and get one for $400,000. But there's not all the business and development out there yet. So mm-hmm. I think you're seeing just enormous growth obviously in the residential side but also in the commercial side in those areas. It's just really not anything out there right now.
1: Yeah. That's why you have to have the rooftop. I have I have my 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 size selection criteria but you have to have the rooftop to mm-hmm. make sense of what we're doing because we're catered for small business owners. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the small business owner doesn't want to drive an hour to get to their office, so nope. it makes sense. Nope.
1: Yep, yeah. they want to be around the corner, pick up the kids, take them to the office, let them hang around. Yep, mm-hmm.
0: that's awesome. So you're building these these flex condos, didn't they're all for sale. You're not just renting any of them.
1: Um, that's there's, there's another day. We'll talk about the capitalizing on that. Yeah. But yes, we lease them too. So oh, if okay. coming in and say, "Hey, I just want to lease them," I mean us if it makes sense and um we'll, we'll lease them as well so we're okay. not just 100 you know uh has to sell them all yeah
0: okay but but you do yeah. sell some of them though so
1: i yes my goal is to sell them and we'll get out of the project but we will save some of it for lease if anyone want to lease it we'll capitalize on the lease side of it if they want to lease
0: yeah that's awesome Mm-hmm. So you said they were roughly 1,500 square foot units and there might be a couple together. What's mm-hmm. the, I guess the question I would have is what's the smallest you've done and what's the largest you've done to date?
1: The project or the unit?
0: The the, the whole project. So if the units the are 1,500 square feet on average.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you just do yeah. one unit or?
1: No, no. Uh... Each project will have between um, about twenty units to thirty Ooh. units. Yeah. Wow. So each project about two acre. I stay on my project typically stay between two acre to five acres. Of land. Mm. That's okay. that's the size that we stay in, and between about twenty units to. Roughly about 35, 40 units. Yeah. So yeah. then they can combine them. Like, you know, you go into a, a, a you have different, like a, like a, 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 a long, you know, uh, 10,000 square foot, and then you just cut them up in 1,500 square foot piece. And if you want two, then you take two. If you want three, you take three, and then you just combine it together. Yeah.
0: Okay, so pretty easy just to knock down a wall or two and, and combine them together?
1: Yeah. yeah. If you say, hey, let's say I need two units, then you just knock out the wall and make it size you want and then just, you know, connect them. Yeah. That's awesome. It's very oh. easy. It's flexible. That's why we call it flex. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So is there any other reason you you don't try to be in the city of Austin other than price? Is permitting difficult, something like that, or is it just the price?
1: I do have a project in Austin right now on a residential project. And Jordan, (laughs) my goal is I love the city of Austin. I love where we live, Mm -hmm. but oh boy, um, I just finished uh, one of my office, uh, a building that I bought is already in shell condition. And I try to finish out the whole entire building. It took me two years the day that I closed on the property until today. We just literally just had a final CO for the whole entire building after two years. Wow. And it's a finish out, not a full construction from ground up. And it's literally just shell and then office space. I didn't put you know, gas mass, or anything's in there to make mm-hmm. it complicated. And we still had to do, go through with the permitting and, and, and all the, all the requirements. And then, you know, it's a, it's, it's tougher to build in Austin for sure. And our, our, our Kramer project that we have right now, we have 26 units and I'm on phase two and phase three right now. Same thing. My GC just update me and, you know, um, the water beater, you know, you're outdated, this is not is. this is not the right gauge. And so we we had to deal with a lot of of uh requirements um that um basically is not time effective in a way, the way how they addressing the problems, you know. That's that's oh. not it's not just a cost effective, it's time effective, right? If if you and I meet, why don't you bring three more person within the same you know, um, process, meet with me and address the whole thing, then yeah. I can come back and then figure it all out and come back to you and you get one approval and then it'll be done. No, you got to call this guy and this guy called the other guy and the other guy called back that guy and said, no, I don't know this. You need to go to this guy and this guy don't talk to that guy. So we had to, you know, pass around and it's not it's not very time effective in my opinion.
0: Yeah. No, I've heard the same thing from other developers. They just, they, they love living in Austin, but they'd rather (laughs) develop in the cities around Austin.
1: I'm there. I'm right there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that just is what it is. You know, you you just got to deal with it. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know you started in residential, but what, what initially got you excited and interested in real estate investing in general?
1: You know, I actually, this is, this is funny. I had another call, uh, yesterday about one of, um, uh, ICSC, um, uh, international, um, you know, shopping center, um, group that they asked for me to, you know, uh, be on their, one of their, um, similar to podcasts as well. Uh, and then, so they asked me, how did you get into real estate? And so what's really got me is I came here as a, as an immigrant. So, you know, you didn't, you know, you see what opportunity you have out there. Right. And from, from that, uh, my family did rented a fourplex from somebody that I happened to, you know, when I lived there, I got to know the owner, the owner happened to be Vietnamese. Um, so we spoke about it and he talked about yeah, I own this fourplex and, you know, I put 25% down and now, you know, uh, I use a living one unit and I ran out of the other three. So then now, you know, I have the whole fourplexes. So that's as, as when I was 19, that's when I, I met that, you know, uh, investor uh, owner and he's still around town here in Austin um, and so because of that, it got me thinking, okay, so you can live in one and then you can rent out of the three and then you can, you know, actually, you know, fourplexes, you can also claim it as, 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 a, um, what is it in the residential, you claim it's your own resident, right?
0: Your homestead. It's yeah.
1: Homestead. Right. So that's where it got me to the idea how to invest into fourplexes back then. But then after, you know, dealing with tenant for a while, then, <laughs> it, it, it's time to move out of the the, mm-hmm. the 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 managing side of it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you started with residential. Did you go from residential, let's say, fourplexes, straight into office, industrial, and retail, or flex space right from there?
1: Uh, yeah. So the residential, mm-hmm. I sold the fourplexes uh, a while back, and then when I got back into four force in uh, real estate. I went into um, retail as a tenant rep. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: If you were to start over today, you know, knowing what you know now, having owned those fourplexes and now in the, the commercial space, would you do anything differently from where you started? No. No.
1: Everything, everything that the do and the don't equally valuable
0: hmm.
1: You learn the things that you for me, what's really tell me is that those four plexes taught me that do I want to be in the um, multifamily space, which is would I like to, you know, have a team to set up for that. Uh, and then going into the retail, I understand what it takes to be in the retail. So now the product types that I design or I want to be in, I'm more on the space that um, that I think that I have a team that can cater for. it. So the do and the don't are equally valuable, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I'm not changing anything for nothing. This is, this is. it's all great. It's all great. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any wonder anymore. Say, hey, should I buy that fourplex or not? I know <laughs> what it takes to run a fourplex. Who do I need to be on the team for the fourplex? So now if you ask me, is this a good price? Should I buy it? I don't have the say so I feel missing out anymore. I know what it takes and what's the value to it.
0: Yeah, I and, I and I agree. You know, I think everything we do, we learn something from it. So, unless you just completely lose your shirt, and even if you do lose your shirt, I think you learn so much. So, I think yeah. there's value in every experience, and I wouldn't change anything for myself either with real estate. There's things, there's deals that I wouldn't have passed up if I would have known better. But
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would do anything different either. And I I love your answer to that question.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank
0: you um, yeah. mm-hmm. and Leslie, you know you've with we haven't had a lot of people here that have done a lot of Flex space development. Is there a big mistake that you would just throw a word of caution to people listening of things to avoid with development with Flex space
1: mm-hmm. um war of cautions um to be honest with you. Always, when you get into ground-up development, is 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 the is the things that you don't know, unforeseen things that you don't know that lay underneath the layers of the land that you acquire or things like that. What I meant by that is the due diligence side of it. For example, I bought a two-acre, uh, a two and a half acres for a project. You know, we are due diligence criteria are very rigorous, right? All the way three, four hundred check item that I check off. OK, because it's, it's land from the ground. I have, I have to make sure these boxes are checked mm-hmm. and we're not the one who checked them. Mm-hmm. We have special um, uh, we have uh, our service you know, provider, basically, you know, architect, engineer. All those guys are checked on the box to make sure it fits criteria. Here's the funny thing for that land that I learned that after all the box were checked at the state level, at the local level, everything looks good. I'll just build here. No big deal. The other day, um, my about six months ago, my silver engineer called me and said, Leslie, there's something that we did not check. I said, what happened? Well, you know, remember that little Slot on the back there, because the checkbox only checked for the flood zone. We didn't check for wetland. Oh, yeah, I see your oh. <laughs> and by the way, wetland is not state; it's not local; it's national. Federal. So you have to deal with the Army Corps. You have to deal with uh, you know the, the, the national level. And so we have to hire, you know, um, a, a remediator, try to figure out what needs to be done. And to be honest with you, that shrink my footprint of the building back. Hmm. Uh, about almost 6,000 square foot.
0: That's, that's a lot. lot. Yeah, yeah, that's four units.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so, would I have that on my checklist now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, you you to me the advice for people that coming in to as a developer coming in get a get a good team, get a good mentor, partner up with a lot of people that in the same space as you, and then also on top of that, just make sure uh, get the uh, right um, advisor. You know, either a developer or a broker that know how to um, understanding land, understand development, and then also understanding, um, you know, uh, the market as well. And that will help. Otherwise, it will come back. In my case, it's small. Some cases, you know, you never know, right? You never know, like, if it's half of it is under the wetland, what are you going to do about it?
0: Right? Yeah, that's thank goodness. You're just, so because of the wetlands, you just can't build on that area of the property? Is that what happened?
1: You cannot build, and you have to remediate it. You have to make sure you prove to the Armory Court. And I have to hire people to prove to the Armory Court that there is no species in there because it's all dry. Oh. Literally, that is not wet. It's called wetland. <laughs> I, thought it's, I thought, you know, like you have mud there. It's no nothing there. It's dry, completely dry. But uh. guess what? <laughs> it just stuck in them uh in the uh in the zone that in a you know wetland
0: yeah yeah it's yep. like the the flood maps they change those flood maps every so often so it, mm-hmm. it's there's like a wetland map i'm guessing and it's yes. part of that
1: that's part of that yeah and and is it has endangered species there which oh. is there's nothing there yeah but it was identified under the national level that it was a wetland um, you know, area,
0: yeah. Okay, wow, yeah, Yeah. I had not heard of, I obviously had heard of wetlands Had done all the continuing education where they kind of talk about it, but I'd never run into a situation where wetlands had affected building properties.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, think about it, I run the number adding that 6,000 square foot to it, right? Mm-hmm. Now the footprint, of course, your formula would change and your number would change. Your return on investment outcome will change a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you've already bought the land. So this is this is way down the line.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. So yeah. do diligent, do diligent, do diligent. And not only that, you will run into a pitfall like that. Because you know, you you did your best already. You knew mm-hmm. that you did. But guess what? It will come. Is it like um? One of my engineer, uh, he said, it's like a like snake on the grass. You got to watch out for the snake on the grass. That's what he told us. To mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, there's always something. And there's always more to learn. That, that won't happen again to you now. So.
1: Well, yeah, I want to make uh, sure it's on my list. <laughs> we'll make yeah. sure that I check the box. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, it sounds like it. it it's still going to work out. But now you've got something else to add to the list there that will help you do better due diligence next time.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's
0: absolutely. that's really cool. So, yeah. what's next? What are the long term goals? You know, you've gone from buying fourplexes to developing flex space around Austin. What are the long term goals for you and your company, Leslie? Jordan Moorhead here. Really quick, he wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on.
1: Um, Long-term girl on the business side, um, I want to have um, a team that, you know, set up and Keep moving forward with the business uh, plan that we have right now which is um is it's great everything is um is moving forward even though even though the economy right now is a little bit um you know in the you know in the zone that people are not investing but to me um our products still selling still mm-hmm. very actively because it's more on the local level than the national uh, level that it got affected Right. Yeah. Small uh, so business.
0: Small business mm-hmm. is always going to be around, not as affected.
1: Yep. Yep. They still bring the kids to work and that's the beauty of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I I want to be able to do that. Second thing is um, my team encumbered with a lot of females. I want to cultivate a lot more female to get into the commercial space like what we do it doesn't matter you can do a development or you can do leasing you do anything like that but i want to bring more women into the the commercial space so they have that opportunity as well not excluding men jordan but sure. they the space we don't have a lot of place for us to cultivate so I, I i want to oh yeah personally i want to be able to create that space yeah
0: no i think that's really important, um, and. Um it commercially, in my experience, is it's mostly men. Is that also what you're seeing on the Deflex development space?
1: All of it, all it's of all it.
0: All men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Honestly, I was talking to somebody the other day, and, and we do some smaller projects in San Antonio. We work with the best contractor and the best property manager ever, and they're both women. You know, they do what they say they're gonna do, when they're gonna do it, it's on budget, it happens, no problem. It's all organized, they're very easy to communicate with. And I'm saying, man, it, they're amazing. And it's just it's an all-woman team. So I, I think there's just so much space to get better. And just having more people enter the industry, and in this case, women enter the industry to yeah. set that bar higher is gonna make it better for everybody.
1: I'll tell you funny things like when I I tell people all the time, I said, women today thinking you're in development, you're in construction, you're in uh, a commercial space. What I don't want women to have that fear is that you have to go out to you don't have to go out to the job site and nail it. You do not have to hold the hammer and nail the nails anymore. You're not doing that. You just use your brain and figure it out and organize it well so where the project runs smoothly, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just want to let them know, hey. There's more to it. You don't just have to go out and nail. That's what people worry about, right? They, the fear that, hey, I'm in construction. Does mean do I have to wear boots every day and go to a construction site? Oh, you don't have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that that's like a huge fear with real estate investing in general is, oh, I don't know how to swing a hammer, or I don't know mm-hmm. how to do this and that. Neither do I. And I've done a lot of real estate deals, and that's not my expertise, and that's not something I'm interested in doing either. So. Yeah. There's always another expert out there that you can find or you can hire to do those things for you. And as long as you have good business sense, you can do a really good job.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So that's my long-term goal. Uh, that's an a, awesome goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. Bring more women into the industry. It's a great goal.
1: Mm-hmm. And you get you get better management for sure. <laughs> on <budget>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a key. Right? On time, on budget. Right. Organize. Mm-hmm. to the detail and then if you need something they call it back out and say oh yeah it's on that folder right there here you go here's the link versus a, uh, i don't know where it is where's it located can you go get them oh i don't know can you search back on the email and it's like look at your email there's no way you mm-hmm. can find those info. so yeah i'm I'm happy to to cultivate that yeah
0: that's cool um and is there a, a do you have like a, a- best way for people to reach out to you so if there's women out there that are interested in learning more about development how to get into it or or where they might fit in the industry is there a best way people can follow you or reach out to you to learn about that
1: yeah absolutely uh i have my website uh under uh ltcommercialgroup.com okay and then um my i have i also have my linkedin and facebook is leslie Tramley. so if you mm-hmm punch in Leslie Tramley on LinkedIn or Facebook you would be able to yeah find me on that um, yeah and um i have my cell phone if you want
0: <laughs> totally up to you don't feel obligated but if you want to give it out you're more than welcome to
1: um so i prefer to get texts so okay you can just text me and then we'll we'll figure out a time to be able to get on the calendar and be able to book it. So my cell number is 512-917-8257. And text will be the great way to get to me, yeah.
0: All right, yeah, if you want something from Leslie, text her, don't call her and she'll get back to you when she has a chance. Um, or
1: we'll find a time to work best for, for both.
0: Yeah. 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 She'll find a time that works for you, Leslie. What's a, a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to people that might be interested in development?
1: Jordan, I have a lot. Yeah. But uh, if is in development, I would say let's gear toward more real estate mm-hmm. uh, than the business side of it, right? Um, so I have my favorite book I ever read, and is almost. Uh, let me see how many hours is this book. It's called the Due Diligent Handbook for Commercial, and is written by. Hold on, let me see. Uh, is written by Brian Hennessy. Okay. Yep.
0: Due Diligence Handbook for Commercial by Brian Hennessy. Hennessy, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that should be easy enough to find. Yeah. All right. So, Leslie, best ways to get a hold of you, ltcommercialgroup.com. Leslie Tram Lee on LinkedIn or Facebook. And then uh-huh. via text to set up a call or set up time to talk, 512-917-8257.
1: Yes. And make sure when you text me, at least let me know what you what would you like to uh, connect for. So at least I get a better understanding to tailor to the conversations that we, we will have later when we meet, yeah.
0: All right. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so interesting. I'm so glad that we could get this scheduled. I know we've been trying for a while. It's just yeah. hard to get it nailed down sometimes.
1: I know, I know. That's why I was like, make sure we put it on the calendar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <We live by. laughs>
0: All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Again, if anybody needs to reach out to Leslie, ltcommercialgroup.com, Leslie Tram Lee on Facebook and LinkedIn, be sure to follow her. She's doing all sorts of cool stuff. And if you need flex commercial space, she's the person to reach out to.
1: And we also have a team that definitely gets you what you need on the commercial side of it, for sure.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. We'll talk here soon.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jordan, for having me on your podcast. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, have a great day. Thank you.
1: Bye.